where we get a group of people together in a room and ask the question, what is your biggest fear? Thank you everyone for coming. This is great. Um, I want to say a big thank you, first of all, to my best good friend, Mr. Eugene Parmesan, who wrote that lovely theme music that we just heard. And um, he won't mind me telling you that um, he was editing it the other night and he heard someone going, woo, yeah from the street and he went what is going on and realized the window was open so i don't know maybe it's going to be a smash hit and i'm gonna have to pay him loads of money we'll see uh, my name is claire beck and i am joined for episode one of fear fun which as it is january is entitled the fear by the hosts of in the shower with taz and marcus it's taz and marcus <laughs> Taz Gallagher, Marcus O'Leary, thank you so much for coming along. Um, it's nice to have friends on stage. I'm actually a really anxious person. I'm starting to think this was a terrible idea. I always forget that I actually have a fear of speaking in public and then I get asked to do it or decide to do it and this happens to my voice, but we'll get through it, we'll get through it. Um, but Taz and Marcus, you are being full January right now. We're doing the full, the full dry January Let's experience. get a show of hands. Who is attempting dry January? We've got one, Solidarity two. with this man. Okay, oh, and how's it, you're in a bar. How's it going? Is that a non-alcoholic beverage in your hand, sir? Congratulations to you. And <laughs> is that a pint of orange squash in front of you? I, ca- I kind of feel yeah. like drinking no? non-alcoholic okay. beer in dry January is kind of doing it on hard mode. Yeah, it's making it a bit more difficult. Like orange it? squash is delicious. Non-alcoholic beer tastes like shit. Like that's <laughs> Or you can try and get something delicious for yourself and get judged as it happened to Taz last night. Yeah, I went, I went to the pub and asked for a ginger ale and the bartender said, so you mean a non-alcoholic ginger beer? I was like, no, no, just, just a ginger ale. <laughs> and then you got laughed at. Yeah, I got so laughed at. So you host a wonderful podcast on the Headstuff Network called In the Shower with Taz and Marcus. We do. Um, so if you want to tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so it's a, a kind of bite-sized podcast that's aimed to be listened to while you're in the shower, but it can be listened to anywhere. Um, and listeners send in questions that they've always wondered the answer to, but never quite went as far as looking them up. So we've answered questions like, why do we never see baby pigeons? Worked uh, how much wood a woodchuck would chuck if a woodchuck couldn't eat chuck wood, down to a decimal point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why is her hair turn grey? Why do we fall in love? Loads of mystery Lots of questions. different ones. And it's a very, I, I never listened to it in the shower because I know the two of you and it would just <laughs> <laughs> be a bit weird. Um, so I've never listened to it in the shower, but I will say for anybody who's trying to do like, is anyone doing Veganuary? Is anyone trying to be vegan for January? No, vegan in the corner going, well, you know, <laughs> full time. Um, but yeah, no, okay, so no one's going that far. But if anybody is attempting dry January, um, have a listen to the latest episode of In the Shower with Taz and Marcus, where they answer the question, what causes hangovers? It's disgusting. It's terrifying. It's really, really awful. So definitely have yeah. a listen to that. But I don't know, I think people... I think that dry January, it is kind of born out of a fear. It's like we all go on the mad razz Christmas. You have so much fun. It's an emotional time. And then all of a sudden the fear happens. 
Now, are we all familiar with the fear? Yeah, we know. So some of the symptoms of the fear, I don't know if you can see on this lovely diagram here, some of the symptoms of the fear include sore hair, (laughs) feeling like everyone is out to get you, sense of impending doom, skin feels like someone else's, and everyone is out to get you. I mean, we've all had the fear, right? So I kind of feel like... um, you know, this is a good this is a good topic. It's a rough topic for the podcast. It's um the first episode, so like a rough idea of what we're going to do, but we'll see how it goes. And we're also going to be talking about specific fears as well. Hi, Taz. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> Great. Did you know that your fear is an actual phobia that has a name and loads of people have it? I did not. I thought I was an outlier. Okay, so Taz, don't look behind you. Taz has omphalophobia, which is a legitimate fear of belly buttons. Oh, Jesus. I told you don't look behind you. <laughs> Talk to me. What do you not like about them? Okay, I don't understand how everybody is not afraid of belly buttons. Break it down. You are fed through this little tube that disappears when you grow up but remains a little hole that you can never really see the end of. You don't really know what's in there. It's just, it's a thing. It's really weird. Why, why do we have them? Why are they there? Oh, it's too Anyone much. else in the room afraid of belly buttons? <laughs> no? Do you, you don't like inward belly buttons? Do you want to take a seat and have a shot about it? <laughs> I actually have a massive crater in my stomach because my mother, bless her heart, she's over there in the corner, giving birth to me, firstborn, in the throes of all of the drugs and everything that she had hopefully been given, turned around to the doctor and said, you'd better make her belly button look nice. I don't want her having a manky outer one. Make it a nice innie. And the doctor went, okay. And I have the biggest belly button you've ever seen. It's like this deep. Like, how big are we talking? Thank you. Like, not. Nah, I'm so sorry. I forgot you were there. No, let's 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 talk about this more. Taz is like having the worst like, time. I'm so sorry. On a scale of like Eminem to shot glass. I would say like not a shot glass, but like it's bigger than the one on the screen. Don't look. It's like it's 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 deep. Like it's you could deep. okay. Real talk. You could fit a Rolo in there. <laughs> Out of, it's hang on. big. It's out big. It's big. Of, out of all the confectionery, you had, have you have you tested them all? It's like no. you can get a Rollo in there, but a Reese's cup is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm going to take the slide down because it's really <sighs> bothering. God, it's really bothering you. I'm so sorry. Um, so we are here to answer the question what is the biggest fear and um everybody in the audience filled one of these out there's two things uh, the biggest fear that we're going to go through some of those and we have this lovely chair here it's not a graham norton chair you're, you're no one's gonna it's not gonna fall or anything it's just you can come and sit if you want and we did give people the option of saying do you want to talk about it or not and then we also have this other pile here which is a little game i invented called gorilla problem solving so we're going to try that as well but um will we go for Oh, this one is terrifying. Whose biggest fear is losing my mind enough to recognize it, but unable to communicate it? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That, oh, wow. That's real. That's real. Please real come talk. and take a seat. Go home with your belly buttons. <laughs> well, hello there. What's your name? Share with the group. Hi, um, my name is Anya. And yes, that is my biggest fear. 
talk to me. Um, what, does it? Does anything like? Did someone hurt you, or is this just a thing that you have? And I'm not trying to be mean because mine is ridiculous. I will tell you in a little while, or maybe the next episode. I don't know if I can. But do you know where this comes from? Um, yeah, basically, I was allowed to watch horror movies when I was a child and I was too young. And um, one of the earliest ones that's kind of burnt into my mind is Candyman. But unfortunately, I didn't get a fear of bees. But there's a lot of scenes in that where it's very intense, this heightened energy. And then I remember watching that. There's a few more psychological thrillers and things going on. But it's just this kind of, you know yourself, the white room, the straight jacket, jacket, jacket even, the rocking back and forth, you're unable to communicate. You put your voice is actually quavering yeah, I there. Like, I feel a bit like... It's it's giving me anxiety even explaining how. Oh, I'm sorry for bringing it up. Do you feel a bit better that you shared it with people? Um, a little bit. Well, I guess like my friends would know it anyway. So, but I think a lot of people, it's just kind of this idea of the unable to communicate piece, which is really the most frightening because um, I guess you kind of have that fear of you're kind of losing your mind and you know you're losing your mind, uh-huh. but you can't explain that you're losing your mind. And to everyone else around you, you just look clean mental. So they're like, we're just going to put you over there, out of the way. Sticky in a box. I Bye. think that's, maybe that's my new biggest fear now. <laughs> I, I don't know if I should tell you, have you watched the new season of Black Mirror? I've I don't watched know. some of it, yeah. Did it make you feel better or worse? Um, well, I'm, I've only on the third episode so far. But, which made um, me cry. No yeah, spoilers, actually. We'll talk about it. I was going to watch it and then I was like, ooh, maybe not right before bed. So okay. I watched uh, This the End of the Fucking World instead. But um, <laughs> yeah, kind of, it, Black Mirror is kind of, there's a lot of deep-seated existential fears in that there series is. in general, I guess. There is. It's great January viewing. Thank you so much, Charlie <laughs> Brooker. Like, it really nails the timing. Thank you so much for sharing with no the group. Problem. Cheers. Thank you. It's here for Anya. That's a, that's a very, very real fear very very yeah. real fear um i would like to ask d to come up on the stage next <laughs> so d is our friend and i was really nervous that no one was going to show up so i was like i better ask a couple of mates will they talk about their fears and d is one of those people and um, can you just first of all tell everybody that you're not doing ju- dry january you are doing Semi-dry January. Also known as? Riesling January. (laughs) (laughs) Probably shouldn't have named it after booze, but there you go. Yeah, and how's that working out? Pretty well, actually. I drove this evening. Okay, that's good. But you're not going to drink and then drive home? No, of course not. Just checking, just checking, just checking. Um, So, Dee, you suffer from ornithophobia. I'm not going to turn around, am I? No, there's no, I didn't. No, I know how (laughs) extreme this is. Um, Dee is petrified of birds. Absolutely petrified. What? Yeah, Yeah. we had to leave her stranded on one side of Glastonbury. Oh, I forgot Yeah, you blocked it out. We had to leave her there. She wouldn't come across. And then we stopped laughing and went back together. And then there was one day in the campsite where I wouldn't get out of my tent because there was loads of seagulls swooping in because of all the food that people were leaving around. Seagulls are vicious, aren't they? They are absolutely, are they are getting bigger I as well. I saw a seagull take a BLT out of a woman's hand on Grafton Street. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it wasn't a BLT, but that did happen to me the other day, and it's not the first time that it's happened. Did and a seagull eat a Rolo out of your belly button? <laughs> <laughs> no. But it was really big. It was about the size of a dog with wings. D, I'm so sorry. I forgot you were there. <laughs> yes. No, but it happened to me once in in Scotland. I got attacked by a flock of seagulls. And and you ran? I ran, but like a group of us ran back. And we got into my mum's car. 
And that just didn't even deter them. They were actually kind of like pecking at the glass. <laughs> they are Scottish so eagles. And I was already afraid of them before that, but that just really compounded things. Mm. Um, but it's not, you see, it's not just birds. It's kind of all winged <sighs> creatures. So like, Bats. very embarrassingly, was walking down Angel Street a couple of years ago and this small child said, oh, look, mom, a butterfly. And I scarpered and ran and loads of other adults that were around me obviously saw that I was afraid of the butterfly as well. No one ever suspects the butterfly. Do you ever watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I have watched it, but I probably shouldn't watch the episode that you're... No, because there's there's a whole thing where they literally just say D is a bird over and over again. Oh. And I was wondering, would that give you some kind of like terror-related existential crisis? Probably not, but like if a a bird came flapping near my face, then that's that's all I need. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, you look so uncomfortable. We're going to let her go and yeah. sit back down with her Ribena. Thank you so much, Steve. <laughs> so, hi, Marcus. Hey, how are you? So you've got a couple of fears. I do. The first one, <laughs> how severe is the childhood one? The childhood one, it's more if when it's right in front of me, it's it's not. What about right behind you? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Marcus suffers from spexophobia, which spexophobia. is the fear of wasps. And somebody else wrote that down on the list. Who else is afraid of wasps? This man here. My man. Do you want me to turn the picture off? Okay. You're a very brave man. So what happened to you? Who, who, who hurt you? What happened? A wasp hurt me. Okay. Go <laughs> for it. wasn't just someone in a stripy jumper or anything. Um, yeah. I was about like maybe six or seven years old and I was at my granny's house in, um, in France and I'd eaten some ice cream and there's some, some residual ice cream on my lip. Oh God. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. This just, it's, it's a real kind of moral tale of not being a sloppy eater if anything. Um, and I remember um, I was just lying down in the grass and I felt like a really strong kind of, it just felt like a fly, but like a fly that had been maybe working out a little bit. Because um, wasps are strong. Like you, you can really feel them pressing into you. And I just did that. I, sla- I slapped my own oh. face to like swat it away. And all of a sudden I just felt this searing pain. Um, and I remember like when something swells in your face, you don't feel the swelling. You're just kind of, you just feel pain. I remember looking at myself in the mirror as like a six or seven year old and just being like, wow, I, I'm i now horrifically disfigured <laughs> thanks to a wasp. And But you've uh, got a great personality, so the disfigurement doesn't really yeah. matter. It hasn't changed. Too much. Yeah. Um, I, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but um, a friend of mine who's a DJ, you are a DJ. Mm-hmm. You're a DJ man. A friend of mine who's a DJ man uh, was all excited for its first ever set at Electric Picnic and he got stung in his mixing ear at the side of the stage before he went on. In his mixing ear? He is now afraid of wasps. Oh, God. He was not before. Like, how could you not be afraid of a creature that looks like that? Honestly, like, look at the malicious little bastard. Like, it's just... They're cute. Yeah, you? they look cute and furry. Do you know what? Also, spexophobia sounds like a fear of glasses. It does. <laughs> Now, I can't guarantee that I'm pronouncing it correctly, but... <laughs> Speck. Speck. <laughs> S-P-H. It's kind of like Schleigo style. It is. <laughs> um, you do have... If we're going to talk about going on stage, we will talk about... Marcus has one other fear, and I only found out about this yesterday, but the, <laughs> how this podcast was inspired was I was researching a show that I'm writing, which is kind of a lot more serious than this. It's to do with fear. It's catharsis and all this kind of stuff. So all very serious stuff. And I had to give a presentation to go and try and get some funding and I had my friends on a group Skype and I was giving the presentation and out of nowhere my friend Neve, who is a 35 year old adult with three kids blurts out my biggest fear is shitting my pants in public 
And we were like, what? And she's like, uh, there's nothing wrong with my body. It's never happened. I don't know why, but I think about it a lot when I'm in public places. And that's that's where the idea came about. But Marcus, you also... I have a very well-founded and legitimate fear of shitting myself on stage. Okay. Has, yeah. this, has it happened to you? It's, co- it's come close a few times. And like, I'm not saying that for dramatic effect. Like it, um, So... <laughs> If, um, I know a few people in the crowd. I um, have been a stand-up comedian for about 10 years. I'm a DJ, an MC. I kind of do a lot of stuff around the place. A lot of the time that I'm on stage is quite animated and for long periods of time, um, which makes it very, very difficult to use the bathroom for a number one, let alone a number two. Now, there have been times where, you know, the, the need might be more pressing than others. And then you're second-guessing every little move that you make. <laughs> And so um, the most recent time that this has been kind of uh, put in front of me was I was doing a gig called The uh, the Colour Run um, over in the UK, which is like this massive big thing. It's a 5K run where everyone throws colour in the air and it's amazing. And um, this was like the big flagship one, which is in Wembley. It's 20,000 people. And I was on stage in front of this sea of like colour covered, just happy people going mental. And part of it is that you have to bring the energy. You have to be jumping up and down and up and down and up and oh down. God. I'd been DJing the night before and had about 18 pints of Guinness. <laughs> and I distinctly remember like the first jump was fine. And I was like, yeah, everybody excited to get colorful. Uh, brown is not a color in the color on. Let's just specify that right now. Second jump, I could just feel like a little bubble, you know, like a little kind of gaseous. And then the, the, the third jump went up. And I landed on one foot, pivoted, and just ran off the stage because I, I was full sure that there was going to be and maybe a little, a little gravy squirt. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. And that's how Taz and Marcus broke up on stage. <laughs> no, but honestly, like, I mean, what what's the equivalent for somebody who doesn't spend time on stage? Imagine going into your, your job in Deloitte and shitting yourself. I'm sure it's happened. Is this why you told me, looked me dead in the eye and told me to go for a stage wee before we came on stage here? Stage wees are crucial. Just to be safe. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope I hope it never happens to you. I hope it never happens to anyone. Um, it, it happened to a friend of mine. Really? Yeah. in Australia, oh, He was uh, doing his first TV show in Australia and he gambled on a fart. Oh, no. <laughs> and lost. Rule number one, you never gamble on a fart. Was this on live TV? No, it's pre-record, but he kept a straight face and he said that he could just feel a little trickle down the back of his jeans. <laughs> but like stories like that don't make you any less fearful. They just Well, I hope that nobody has a fear of poo or anything poo related. They sure, certainly shouldn't listen to your podcast if they do, because this seems to come up a lot. People. In our first eight episode, we had three poo related questions. It's what the people it's want. This guy. It's this guy. It's not, yeah, I'm, an, I'm sending it up. so many poo related Anonymously sending in questions to our own bootcast. <laughs> so I'm going to take another audience question. I really, I don't want to laugh at this because fears are real. Um, but on the piece of paper, it says, what is your biggest fear? And then it says, are you happy to discuss it? Yes or no. This person has written paper cuts but never wrote on the yes or no, because they obviously wrote it and went, oh God, and like flung it across the table because it's a really little piece of, who wrote paper cuts? I'm really sorry that I gave you such a small piece of paper. 
what happened? Like, have you, is it just a thing that you think they're gross and you don't want to get one? Or would you like to come up on stage, actually? <laughs> I just realized, leaving her sit in the corner. What is your name? Hi, I'm Ashling. Ashling, how many times have you been paper cut in your life? Um, too many. Yeah, too many. Too many, yeah. Um, I, I work in animation, so for two years it was that there was a lot of paper. And then someone told me a story about someone getting paper cut on their eye. <gasps> oh, <laughs> oh, no. How does that and happen? That just, <laughs> just too close to paper. You know? Always wear safety goggles around paper. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any tips for preventing paper cuts? Anything that you've picked up in your animation work life? Um, just, you know, gloves all the time. All goggles, the time. Helmets. Mm-hmm everything hazmat suits whatever you have to do <laughs> we'll get you some we'll get you some gloves thanks i'm gonna avoid this pile okay <laughs> thank you very much now this could be terrible and um, this is just the game that i came up with gorilla problem solving what we did was when we were asking people what is your biggest fear we also asked them to write down a fear or worry or something that is bothering them and We're going to anonymously pick some of these out. And then if anybody has a pertinent solution, shout it out. And we'll see if we can solve it. Because it's, you know, sometimes if you have a problem, if you step outside it or a complete stranger. Has anyone ever done this? Just struck up a conversation with a complete stranger and you end up telling them something really personal and they tell you something really personal and then you sort it out. This is the less smelly version of Girls Toilets on a Night Out. So I'm just going to... As long as I don't shit myself on stage. (laughs) Okay, this person has said, I'm afraid our new neighbours, who we haven't met yet, will be annoyed by our dog barking in the middle of the night, which she does sometimes. She has barked three nights out of eight for a maximum of 40 minutes. We have stopped her barking by going downstairs and sleeping on the sofa with her. Any ideas how to stop her barking? Marcus? Move all sleeping-related activities to the sofa. Your dog deserves it. Taz, what do you think? I'm going to be realistic about this. I'd say bake some buns, write a really nice note, drop it into your neighbour with a little pair of earplugs and say, I'm sorry, but I was here first. (laughs) Problem solved, my friends. Taz Keller, everybody. Um, Feeling unfulfilled. Oh. It's a universal problem, isn't it? What do we think? See a life coach. Uh, this is Davo. She's a life coach. <laughs> um, if you want to go and talk to her afterwards, I hear she's very good. I actually do have a, a kind of a solution to that. Okay. Uh, it's something I try to tell people. Set short-term goals. Yeah. Set loads of short-term goals and it'll give you a, a feel, like that feeling of accomplishment as opposed to going, I want to be this in 10 years. Like decide what you want to do in the evening, in the morning and kind of like tick that off. And all of a sudden, you'll realize that you're actually accomplishing what you set out to do. Make it through 2018 without shitting on stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. let's, not, uh, let's not get too out of hand here. <laughs> you guys, this is your favorite topic of conversation. This is how you bond it. Shite talk. talk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. And this is uh, something that I started doing um, that I never thought I would do because I'm a really cynical person which is kind of horrible but um, I got a gift of a little thing called a gratitude attitude journal and what you do is every day you write three things that you're grateful for and you see cynical face cynical face cynical face cynical face I know but it was free it was a present 
and I decided I would start doing it. So yeah, no, I now I don't do it every day. I forget about it for ages and I come back to it. But it is actually quite nice. And you look back sometimes and go, oh, like that is a nice thing. And it just if you're pissed off or if you're feeling unfulfilled or you're feeling and you just write down and go, I'm grateful for and you know, you can always think of three things. So that could be something maybe to try as well. Shall we do one more? Yes. Thirty-five, just quit a very well-paying job. Can't get enthusiastic about any other jobs. Oh, I worry for my passion. I'm I'm sorry, I can't read this handwriting. Something, something passions in life will not make me a living, even though I love them. Afraid I'm destined to live a troubling double life, job and music, and that will erode my sanity. These are deep, aren't they? They Well, this is the thing. It's guerrilla. Like, I know, you know, it's fear and fun. So we're having fun. We're talking about Marcus, hopefully not pooing on the stage. But this is also a real, you know, way for people to get their fears out there in a relatively safe environment, I guess. Um, So, like, Marcus, you make your living out of music? Yeah, I kind of make my living out of fun, which is like kind of, yeah, it it can be scary at times i suppose you you're lacking the job security and you're lacking the the kind of the respect of people with real jobs and everything like christmas was shit like all the family meetings like all the kind of the, not like meetings as in business meetings i don't have a really a really weird family like someone keeping minutes at christmas dinner <laughs> the turkey was dry no um, but oh so so this person um quit a a well-paid job to follow their passion, which is music. Yes. Because that's the kind of the that's thrust. What it, yeah, that. I'm really but, sorry. I just, I couldn't read all of the but, writings. But, but they're, yeah, they're, they're worried that um, basically they're not going to be able to sustain themselves doing music full time and it's going to lead to a shitty, miserable life. That's what it seems to be saying. Okay. Um, just from the off on that, it sounds like a lot of the um, gratification and validation that they're getting in life was based on finance, financial kind of gain. Um, from that going, I mean, that's the biggest thing that's removed in in favor of an enormous amount of extra free time to work on your passion, um, which is, you know, at the end of the day, if that's what makes you happy and that's what gives you fulfillment, then maybe it's just about kind of realigning what makes you happy and realigning your own priorities and maybe waking up in the morning and going, this is fucking cool. I get to sit with a guitar and, or a keyboard and, Mm-hmm. And make some some dope jazz beats all day long. All and, day long. And maybe I have eighteen euro to my name, but I'm really happy. And then you, you know you can you can do different things. You can you can work in service. You can do anything. You can. Yeah. But you, I can imagine long- this person now going, "Oh my god, this is awful." Um, I think I think what you it's the security, it's financial security, isn't it? Because I was in a similar situation. So lost my job, took that last bit of money, went traveling came back, realized that Dublin is very expensive, used the last of my money to kind of opt out of that while I figure everything out. So I bought a boat. It's not for everybody, but I have time to do things like this, pursue things that I'm interested about um, because I don't have massive Dublin rent to pay. You know, so I suppose there's a couple of options. Moving home might be an option, might not be an option. Um, the other thing as well is I think for a lot of people that are very driven and um, that your job can define you, that you feel that you're 
work has to be very, very important and has to, um, you know, it has to be a good job or, you know, and that's that's something that maybe we don't always have to think about. Maybe you can have a job that's nine to five that you don't necessarily love, but you have your weekends and your evenings to work on what you care about. Or you can do something crazy like I did and just try and do it full time. Well, Taz, you're kind of, you're entering into that kind of I was just creative, about to say, I may yeah. as well have written that question. I'm all ears like. <laughs> yeah. um, how, how, do, how do you kind of look at something like that where, you know, you're entering into a, a creative career and it's terrifying, like any any advice? <laughs> I don't know, like it, it's, it, I suppose it depends on every situation, like whatever situation the person is in. But from my point of view, I can see that if I cover my rent and cover my food expenses, I don't have a mortgage, I don't have kids, I don't have you know, huge bills waiting for me at the end of every month. So as of right now, I'm just going to do what makes me happy and try to give it as best a go as I can. And if it gets to a point where it's really, really, really not sustainable anymore, then I'll reevaluate. But in saying that, I don't know if this person has been trying it. Or we don't know if they have kids. Or if they have a mortgage, yada, yada. So that's kind of like rich for me to say as a 23-year-old, you know. But uh, yeah. Can we get a round of applause for Taz for being real ballsy? (laughs) Um, what will we do? We do one more. Let's see what this one says. That I cut connection to home only to discover that there is nothing to replace it here. So that's quite a tough one. I suppose maybe one thing I would say just off the top of my head is if you cut connection to home, maybe it was because you felt that there was something there that was bad for you, that wasn't helping you move forward as a person. And it's possible now that rather than being in, instantly able to replace um, that feeling or whatever it is you're looking for, that maybe you need a bit of time to have a grieving process and to just go easy on yourself mm-hmm. and readjust before you decide what it is that you want to try and replace it with. Does that make sense? I'd say yeah. time as well. Like, you know, time heals everything and there is a, an abundance of different kind of people in every in every country of the world. So just spend time, join groups and try to find, you know, a group that are as similar as your home group of friends or whatever. I had a big conversation with someone about this recently. Basically, she cut herself off from her group of friends who'd been her friends since school because she kind of realized that they'd gone in a very different direction to her. And it's um, she said that she was having an enormous amount of trouble actually meeting new people in her late 20s. Um, and I was thinking if you just throw yourself out, out into the throng of the general population like you go out to nightclubs or pubs or anything like that that is a horrible way to meet people but what you should do like find look at yourself and find who you are and what you're passionate about and like go to things like this like you know you're going to have a far higher chance of meeting somebody who has common ground with you and who's sound at a specific event so what I'm saying is just come to live more more live podcast recordings, really. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so I think, um, what have we learned from Fear Fun episode one? Did you guys enjoy it? Yeah. Yay. Yay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. We've learned that uh, a fear of belly buttons is a real thing. Real and Taz thing. should not be too worried about it. Um, we've learned that Marcus just really, really likes talking about poo. It's not It's not wax. just me. It is not just me. I did not send in the poo <laughs> questions. You can catch more of their shy talk um, on the In the Shower with Taz and Marcus 
podcast on the Head Stuff Network. I want to say a few thank you. Thanks to um, Alan Paddy and the Head Stuff crew and to the Bellow Bar team, Shane, Anna, Kira, and everyone else. Sean on sound. My best good friend, Jean Parmesan, for the wonderful theme music. Um, my panelists, Taz and Marcus, and for you guys for listening and for coming along as well, please subscribe on your chosen podcast platform. Uh, rate and review, but only if you enjoyed it. Like, don't be leaving those one stars. They're really not very helpful. But if you did enjoy it, it's very helpful. And um, tell your friends as well. So this has been Fear Fun, episode one. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Taz and Marcus. Podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.